this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. And Jay, this is what we call a pitch hitter. This is when uh, when you're when you're when your pitcher is coming up to bat in the ninth inning and you need to, some uh, you need some base runners moved and uh, he's got an 0.09 batting average. So you bring in that pitch hitter, uh, you know, usually a, a guy who can't field, but he can hit the he can he's got a, a 320 with runners in scoring position, uh, batting average. All that stuff just went uh, over all of our non-American American listeners. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, all, we had all hitting turning off this podcast immediately. They, it's we're 30 <laughs> seconds in. They're like, this is stupid. <laughs> Um, so we had an idea for a podcast. We put it out there. Our, our general, you know, one of our series, uh, uh, we had a we had it ready to go, and we couldn't get any guests. It was one of those well, where a lot of times we we talk and we have our patrons on because our patrons are very knowledgeable. But this one we need was very specific. It was a very narrow topic, yeah. and so narrow, in fact, nobody is, is available to talk about it. At, at this well, point, it, it's narrow and it requires expertise. So right. let's, let's find the experts before we wade into a topic we don't know very much about. And we we do a lot of very general open topics where people can, you know, join us at a whim. And so we had to switch at the last minute to one of those. And this is our first sequel episode, yeah. Jay. First time it, we're doing it. I think it's going to work out. I'm kind of excited about the idea of revisiting. Um and updating so i know because yeah. next we're going to do the swing episode part two because <laughs> i know you well, are we, we can do part two three four five on like the guitar players and the drummers and sure there's many of these that we can keep going on so so it was brought up on our discord page which you uh join when you uh join our dig me out union uh hey what about bands that have reunited in the 2000s from the 90s Turns out we had done an episode, but we did that episode way back in 2015. Actually, in maybe what was the third month of uh, so that's what January, February, March of uh, I did count on my fingers there. January, February, March uh, of uh, <laughs> of 2015. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we had a roundtable talking about the bands that he reunited uh, in the 2000s. And guess what? More bands have reunited, Jay. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the last six years, 2015 to 2021. Well, and on that episode, we had Louise Post from Verk Assault, and I think they maybe broke up again. I'm not quite sure what happened. No, well, no, they, so when she was on, all I believe they had done was put out a seven inch, a two song seven inch for Record Store Day. That was their yep. reunion. And then they followed it up with an album. They went on hiatus, but they're back in the studio now. She's been posting about okay. them being back in the studio. So, so with the theme, you know, yes. you can break up, you can get back together again, you can break up again. Exactly. There's a lot of hiatus. There's a lot of opportunity to uh, to vacation, is what we're yep. saying. Uh, so to help us on this, because it's a roundtable, we need help. 
We've brought in, uh, for the first time ever, we have brought in Richard Waterman. Rich, do you prefer Richard or Rich? Do you, do you go with the simple? Uh, Rich. Rich. Yeah, okay. I mean, my parents call me Richard, to be honest. I know I'm so used to addressing you via your Discord name that it's just emblazoned in my head, but I'll get used to it because I yeah, see it on Rich there. Is fine. All right. Welcome to the Actually, show. I prefer it. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you're able to join us. No worries. And and where are you at? So everybody knows. Pardon? Where are you located? So everybody knows. Um, well, um, see, I'm not sure how everyone else knows Britain. So obviously Wales. I know you and Tim would because you're big Mannix fans. So yeah, mm -hmm. like about half an hour away from where they hail from. Awesome. So yeah, in Wales. But yeah, so um, to generalize, about two hours from London. Yeah. Excellent. And yeah. and Wales is its own separate country, or is it? Yeah. So I wasn't sure if I would have to get into this, but um, like how many countries are in that country? <laughs> uh, you've got the UK, yeah, Britain, United Kingdom. So you've got Wales, Ireland, Scotland, and England. Okay. Yeah. Well, just North Ireland. Northern Ireland, yeah. Northern Ireland, yeah. There's there's some political stuff there, but yeah. We've heard about that over the past several decades, about yeah. the about the. Uh, what do they call it? the troubles? The troubles, yeah, the troubles. <laughs> I like yeah. that. That's that is the description. The it's troubles. troubles. <laughs> We've all got troubles. I know, yeah. <laughs> but those are the troubles. Yeah, the, the, them, the big ones. Yeah. The big ones. The main ones. <laughs> I'm not going to try and compete with those troubles. Like to be honest, I can't. They're really <laughs> big troubles. <laughs> also joining us from the Great White North. All the way up, we're all the we're all the polar bears. Uh, no, that's not right. That's not where they are. Ian McIver, is this your second appearance? Yeah, second. That's right. Uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you for going through your record collection before we were on the air. I'm quite jealous yeah. of your Depeche Mode section. Uh, I have, I've I got have more. <laughs> and Jay, we will be doing at some point in the future Depeche Mode in the '90s. So get ready to brush up. Oh, cool. On that, because that's definitely one we need to hit. Yep. Uh, because unlike New Order, who decided to just go off in different directions and not really uh, be together for the 90s, Depeche Mode did actually put out records. So we'll have uh, a little more. They came close to breaking up. Yes. They, made a, they may have made a feature for this if they reunited. Uh, and that's the theme, reuniting. We've got... 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 21, six years of reuniting and two different ways to approach this. There's just the bands that just got together, played some shows. Those are exciting. But what we really wanted to cover is releases. Um, bands that put come together more than just playing, you know, like a surprise show together at Coachella or, or Riot Fest, but actually coming together, putting out new material, how that stacks up to their to their 90s output. Um, we talked about it when uh, Louise, and then we also had Tom Mullen from uh, Washed Up Emo, and our good friend Chip Midnight was also on that show. So we talked about 
you know, what bands exceeded our, our expectations, which ones maybe didn't exceed our expectations, but were actually kind of a letdown. Um, and then what we were still waiting for to happen, which I think that the last six years have kind of at least reduced the list of, gosh, I wish that band would reunite. There's still a few white whales out there of whether or not they'll ever reunite. We don't know, but we can talk about that. I actually put up a poll uh, independent of this of bands, sort of the big bands that if you could, they have to have all members still around. You know, nobody's passed away. And um, there's still at least like friendly. So like I took example, uh, I took Uncle Tupelo off the table because they're, is long-standing animosity between Jeff Tweedy and Jay Farrar. There's pretty much no chance that that, that Uncle Tupelo is going to get back together. Whereas, wait, wait, wait. Why are you taking that off the board? Because they don't like each other. Yeah, but they're alive. I mean, technically, they're right. stopping them. They're just... No, their animosity is towards each other is stopping them. And it's not like that playful oh, a Gallagher Brothers animosity where they call each yeah. other potato heads yeah, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. This is... And, and you throw enough money at Liam and Noel, they're going to reunite. I don't I don't think that Jay Farrar is ever going to set foot uh, on a stage with uh, Jeff Tweedy again. He's you made need another clear. live eight situation like uh, Pink Floyd. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. So let me throw it out to you guys. Rich, I'll start with you first. Of the last six years, since we did our previous reunited episode, has there been a band that has gotten back together that have made new material and you've been like, holy cow, this, I can't believe how good this is. So this is tricky because I'm on Friday. I listened to the the first part again from 2015, Mm -hmm. uh, just to reacquaint myself with it. It was really good. Obviously she seems really cool. So I'll lose post. Like seems really down to earth and Mm -hmm. genuine, but, um, because the, you mentioned failure on there. Yeah, and, and the, the album came it, out like six months yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. So it was just it was just around that time. But obviously, no other band has really blown me away when they've re-released anything. And I know there was some comments on Discord about um, Quicksand. Mm. And I've enjoyed their stuff, but it hasn't blown me away. But I've got, a, I've got a list of a few other bands. If I just throw them out. Sure. Okay? Yeah. I've got Sleep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was the name of that new record? Um, it, was, it was like two tracks or what? I, I thought Jay might be interested in that particularly Sleep. But um, uh, the other one was Shades Apart. Oh, that's right. We did an episode on Shades Apart a couple years back. Uh, they came back with a new album like last year, all of us like, which I didn't even know about until someone mentioned it on Discord. So join Discord, everyone. Um, <laughs> Perfect Circle. Mm-hmm. And Dishwaller. But I like I have to preface this by saying, like having done a bit of research, like some bands say, "Oh, we've broken up," but then in hindsight say, "Oh, we didn't break up. We never broke up," and then they came back. And then vice versa. So you're never sure. Because then they, you know, they say, oh, no, we never broke up. And then they come back. So.
some of them are just on hiatus or they never yeah, they address say whether that's they the wood, it. it? Yeah. Hiatus, yeah. You know. Yeah, the failure one is interesting because not only did they put out that record, but then a couple years later they did the next record, yeah, uh, which the title is too long for me to uh, say. <laughs> I can't remember the whole thing. But yeah. two, uh, I think that everybody who has is excited about failure being back together, I'd say that they're pretty happy with those records in comparison to the High Point, which is Fantastic Planet, yeah. in the. Yeah. Um, in the nineties, it's definitely a band that did not um, poop on their legacy, so to speak. When no. they had, they had such a, uh, you know, a fan base built up of being away for so long, like 19 years of no activity. Yeah. I know they've still got um, like that fan base, but um, they have got like um, a rabid fan base who like, is still kind of small. I know it's growing, but basically it's, like everything they put out we like or we love right you know so yeah uh you know about what about you what records from the last six or so years uh from bands that have reunited have uh stood out for you uh unfortunately most of the bands that have gone back together over the past six years have mostly been just just clubs the only one that comes to mind for for me that has put out material would be uh cubanates uh an english industrial band uh mark keel and uh phil barry and they've done other stuff but uh, uh i mean they ended in 2000 and then a couple of false starts but really it's not till the past couple of years that they've actually released a, a new material um but but then there's been tons of other bands that have toured uh, uh, some I've seen, some I've missed and would have loved to have seen, and some are just like, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, they're, they're the only ones, and uh, it seems like uh, w- within a lot of the uh, industrial bands right now, it's like, okay, let's let's get the gang back together and tour, but it's just trying to find time to go into the studio. Um, uh, I mean, the only other band that... That I could think of, and it's kind of a bit of a cheat. Is um, uh, Frontline Assembly? They reactivated their new noise unit project. They came out with a new album. They had one in 2005, but was Bill Lieb with different people. I mean, the last time it was Bill Lieb and, and Reese Fulber was back in the 90s, but that's kind of a cheat because they've continued to do stuff over 2000 and the 10s. So those are, those are only ones for me that that come to mind. So that's what about? Of- I was going to ask you about Cabaret Voltaire. actually breaks up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, what about uh, Cabaret Voltaire? Are you a fan? I haven't listened. I, I, I know them. I, I've listened to some of their stuff, but I haven't listened to any of the new stuff, so I, I can't really comment. <laughs> gotcha. So they, they were separated. Uh, well, it, it's, it's primarily Richard Kirk, who actually just passed away yep. last month. Um, but he resurrected the Cabaret Voltaire name in... Uh, last year after what 26 years since yeah. the last record and they're better known for their like, like i said i haven't yeah they're better known for their 80s okay. post-punk uh noise uh sound but were you know active from 79 to 84 or 94 um 94 and uh it was a good, I reviewed that record for the box, which if people don't know, that's our weekly newsletter that includes new reviews. 
Um, it's a real interesting record. Very much if you're into the, uh, I would say, my, the microphonies era, uh, that kind of sound. It was not far off from that. Um, that's kind of, I think, one of their more accessible records for people who might not be familiar with Cabaret Voltaire. That to me was a. I was not expecting that to come out. <laughs> like when the Cabaret Voltaire record shows up out after 26 years, like oh okay. Um, Jay, what yeah. stuff has popped up for you? Yeah, I got a couple here, um, and I'll touch on why they exceeded my expectation. Um, Psychedelic Furs made of rain, so they haven't yeah. done released music since what the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't know with a band like that who, you know, had a very, I guess, sound very associated with the 80s. Don't really know what you're getting into if they're going to make an album, whatever, 30 years later. But I thought it it sounds remarkably modern. Like it it brings all that cool atmosphere from the 80s records. Um, you know, the, the signature vocal sound, that sort of dreaminess. Um, but I think it brings a really cool modern edge to it and without sounding like cliched or like they're trying to you know be like another band it still sounds like them so i i like that record a lot money's got the medicine you can't believe in anything i wanted what i never had you get it then it's gone again on a cigarette and hell it comes the rain again and heaven isn't heaven sent same thing with the vapors together yes um no expectations right i mean we reviewed that record they're kind of a one-handed wonder here in the states what in the world would that band sound like you know um 40 years later however long it's been since the that you know that their 80s uh, hit and i just thought that was a really charming like fun like but also you know um kind of insightful you know uh, dealing with age and themes that you know, could I definitely could relate to, and just musically, I thought it was really well done. It's just a good pop alternative, like pop sounding record. Um, and Dinosaur Junior, sweep it in the space. I mean, I think this is probably the best of the reunion with Lou Barlow. Um, for me, I think it stacks up with um, uh, probably top five dinosaur junior record for me. I think oh, wow. it's really, really strong. I think the songwriting is excellent. Um, I think the for me, sometimes the Lou Barlow stuff uh would would stand out as being too different, but I think they found a way to make it sound you know smoother. It, it, the the Jay Masterson and Lou Barlow stuff fits together to me on this record better. Um so I I love that record. And the last one I have in terms of exceeding expectations is big rack. So they've been kind of reunited for a while now. Um, and I think the releases they put out have been a little hit and miss, but I think, but for the sun 
is really strong. I think it takes a step forward um, into some new area that I really loved. Um, a little bit more of a blues sort of take on like, you know, uh, blues or ZZ Top oriented, you know, Texas blues flavors in there. The guitar playing is phenomenal. I think it has some really so strong songs. Um, I can already hear from the singles they're releasing for this new EP and they're working on that it's probably not going to be as strong as this record. So they've been a little up and down for me um, <laughs> since the nineties, but I think, but for the sun is, is really good. Um, so those are some that, yeah. you know, exceeded my expectations. So a couple that haven't come up that I wanted to mention, um, a guest we've had on a couple times, Kay Hanley from Letters to Cleo, they reunited, they've been sort of on again, off again because she's busy doing kids soundtracks for various shows, but yep. they reunited to do an EP in 2016. Uh, I think it was called from Nebraska or something like that. Yep. Um, really good. And it made me, you know, they were a band that always had a really cool cover for a soundtrack in the nineties. And that record is not covers, but you hear a lot of like cheap trick influence in that record um you hear you really hear their power pop edge come out on that like a very muscular power pop um i have liked both of the swerve driver records that have come out in the one was in uh 2015 i wasn't born to lose you and then future ruins in 2019 I, i've seen them twice on each of those tour or once on each of those tours um they're a bit different vibe than what you would think of in terms of if you've only listened to Mezcal Head or or Rays. They're a bit more subdued, but the riffs and the guitar interplay between the guitarists uh, is just so cool. There's so much cool stuff happening on on those records. So that was one band that like. I think people were like, hey, where's your next raise or where's your next, you know, for seeking heat? They wanted these like, but they found a much different, not much, but they found a different approach. that's a little bit more matured, which yep. I, I, I think it works well for them. So, yeah, that Psychedelic Furs album is like the only Psychedelic Furs album that I really love because <laughs> um, of the production and the way it sounds, the yeah. drums and the guitar, it, it like rocks. Yep. Rather, the other stuff sounds a bit thin, but that's just because it was from the 80s, you know? Yep. I'm, I'm going deaf, so I need stuff to be loud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cool yeah. to hear hear them through, like, modern production, too, yeah. And I uh, guess you, yeah. you've got, what, um, two members of Guns N' Roses in that band, so. Yeah, yeah, Fortis and, um, <laughs> yeah. 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 That makes sense. That, well, it was amazing. Tim, I sent you that new um, single, the Evergreen single. Yes. That's, I love that as well. Yes. And it it's fits wrong. in perfectly with that vibe. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm hoping that they, or, you know, it's Richard Butler is, I guess it's on him if he wants to continue doing it. But that record was really a surprise about how, how good it was. Mm -hmm. um, a couple other ones that have been in the last few years that, I've enjoyed uh, the Blind Spot EP that Lush put out in 2016. I don't think we're going to get any more Lush. It doesn't sound like it sounds like they've moved on uh, in separate directions, and that's probably the last thing from a Lush um, lineup. Uh, another one 
that I was not in love with, let me get your guys' input, is the Reunited at the Drive-In album, Inter Alia. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that one. Yeah, that was really bland. I just that passed me by. I listened to it a couple of times and it just didn't hit me at all. And then yeah. like you're thinking, like I tried to give it another go, but then if everyone else is saying it's not very good, then <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I was I'm with you on, on that one. And I was the same with um the refused. Um yeah, I think, and it's interesting you know, the earlier, both those bands, earlier material just has so much fire. Yeah. You know, that to re reignite that. Yeah. I don't think they're terrible. They're just not as spectacular from an energy standpoint as their early stuff. So you're kind of left like, Hmm, it's okay. You know, I remember watching some YouTube um, footage of that tour and then like Omar was on the side of the stage. Just mm-hmm. literally like drooling, standing still, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, and just like didn't look interested at all. Mm-hmm. So like, why bother? But I don't know. I don't know what the problem is, but yeah. yeah. There seems to be a begrudging uh, or an aspect of them like, yes, this is what we, I guess we're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know why, but... Um, do you think if the Stepford Five got back together, you'd be like standing at the side of the stage? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we, uh, I'd be staring hard at my instrument trying to remember how to play it. I'd be doing you'd be staring oh at your 200 pedals, like <laughs> I'd probably be looking at my fingers, watching them bleed from not having played bass seriously in the last uh 15 years. Um, yeah. on the at the drive in, uh topic though i thought the Sp- i mean i know it's not a, technically a 90s band but sparta did another record last year and i thought right. that was like at least an interesting news you know angle for that band i enjoyed Kim some Ward, of the stuff yeah. on there yeah and um you know i i could you know at the drive is going to continue they probably need to consider something like that like bring your reinvent the band for who you are now don't try to be yeah. like <laughs> the pants on fire, like out of your mind punk band that you were 20 years ago. Yeah, there's no way that they can recreate that passion when they came, like when they came on first time. Like that was just like mind blowing. So, yep, yep, yep. You know. But yeah, the Jim Ward solo album was good as well from last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, that was really good. I was surprised yeah, yeah. Uh, how not only how good it was, but just how much diversity there was in that record yeah Yeah, when did uh i'm trying to remember when did the magic wick come out by blur because that was another one where i remember hearing the first single going okay this is interesting but hearing the record it was kind of like kind of a letdown yeah Yeah, i think it was a few years ago but i think it still was in the time frame but yeah, it's one of those cases where a band gets back together and they just can't capture the magic. Yeah, I feel like Damon Elborn has moved into sad singer songwriter mode uh, based on his solo albums and him wanting to do uh, just nothing that seems very poppy. Yeah, he's trying to move away from it. I saw him in interview him with him on tv a couple of weeks ago and he's like 
he's he's acting like a, a stereotypical old man who tries to take everything really seriously. Mm-hmm. So like move far away from everything that he did in the past, which I kind of understand, but yeah, yeah I don't know. I guess it's the natural aging process, maybe. Perhaps. Um one band that did not really expect to okay well they've been reunited but for them to actually start putting out new material is shocking guns and roses who have been leaking not leaking but putting out singles here and there this year and then i've announced an, uh, an ep for early next year by all accounts axel has become very responsible I don't there's no reports of him showing up three hours late for shows. Everything seems to be going off with a hitch. When ACDC didn't have a singer, he was like, guys, let me help you out. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, right. he's like the good neighbor now. Like, right. hey, you need right. your lawn mode. You need me to take care of anything. Like, I don't know what happened. Rehab. Yeah. It sounds like he's got like kind of a constructed some sort of family unit around himself now that's maybe he was in his castle for helpful. years, wasn't he? And then he yeah. just came out. Yeah. He looks healthy though. He look, I, I watched a couple of YouTube videos last week of um, Guns N' Roses live, and he looked really healthy. Yeah, you, and I hear nothing but good things from people that go to the shows and yeah. videos I've seen online are always really strong. Um, I, I'm probably in the minority that I I do like the songs they released. Um, I it, this is a tough one um, in that like I don't think they're mind blowingly great, um, mm-hmm. but they sound like. I don't know. They could have been somewhere on Use Your Illusions. Like, I don't think they um, yeah. are terrible. Uh, I don't love the production of them. I, I kind of miss. I think the drummer is is great live, but I think on record, like it doesn't have the right groove yeah. to me. That's uh, why I thought it's just boring. It could be anyone drumming. Yeah, like it just could be anyone drumming. But that's the problem with a lot of music now. It just sounds like, like yeah just anyone could do it it's just no individuality or personality to it at all it almost makes me wonder if it if they're not like drum machines or something like it's almost so generic that yeah it's and that's the same drummer on the psychedelic furs record and i think the drumming on that is great so um i'm not sure what's going on there from a production standpoint from from a songwriting and even like Axel's vocal and just like directional, I, I don't have a problem with the, the material. Uh, I don't know that they're huge singles, but, and I'm not sure what they're doing by like releasing them as singles yeah. and then doing an EP later of the same stuff. That doesn't quite make sense to me, but I guess it's the good to know. music now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess it's I good to know you. that they can, yeah. they can manage putting together new music in some way. And maybe, maybe it gets better if they can, you know. I didn't mind them. I wasn't blown away, but then I thought, well, why are you releasing like two, two of the supposed new songs that are actually old songs yeah. that have been reworked. It's mm-hmm. like, surely after all this time, you must have like new material. Like, what have you been doing all this time? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's I'm hoping they're way. maybe using it as a way to kind of get warmed up and figure yeah. out how to rewrite write together. That's probably, I would imagine, with a band like that, it's kind of why they departed in the first place. So that's going to be... What? But with the singles and EPs, though, are they on a label, though? Because that's the other thing. They may be They're just on Geffen. releasing them. They're still on Geffen? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Holy Geffen holy. still exists. <laughs> <laughs> that was the same thing I thought. Wait, that's the that whole thing? Up, yeah. <laughs> David Geffen, he must be about 200 years old now, isn't he? 
or if he, yeah, I don't want to, <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. I, so I don't know like what the, um, deal is because I didn't think Geffen really existed anymore, but yeah. apparently under exclusive license. To yeah, it was through their website. I looked it up and it was through their website. So, um, yeah, I guess that's what a lot of bands do now though, isn't it? It's just through their own personal website. Mm-hmm. Which then is yeah. like a link to like all the other social media platforms. Yeah. Yeah. Bandcamp is your friend. I had the same thought though about maybe you're gonna get to these ten. The Shiner record, I thought was Yeah, I was just gonna mention that. So very good and fits in fine with their catalog, but it didn't yeah. like blow me away as like exceeding expectations or sending the band in a whole new direction or reinventing it in any way. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think there are some really good tracks. Um, I First think, track. yeah, and and the Paul P. Pew is probably my yeah, favorite yeah. track on there. That riff on there is just amazing. Um, and it didn't stick with me the way that I would. I mean, I, I really liked it, but it wasn't just, it just didn't like grab me the way that, like the egg does or yeah. Starless, um, which was yeah. actually the same thing with, um, Jesus and Mary Chain. They had their album Damage and Joy came out in 2017. And I remember liking it, but it just didn't stick with me very long because it was, you know, that band evolved a lot from Psycho Candy to all the way to what we reviewed in the 90s, Monkey. And it reminded me a lot more of their mellower end than of their sort of noisy end. And I really like automatic and those really drum machine driven high energy albums after the the noise rock and so it was a little bit of a letdown because i was like give me some fire and there wasn't quite the fire that i was i was hoping for end up wrestling with the fact that like is it because of me why i'm not connecting with this or is it because like it's never going to be the same is it so exactly yeah you know i don't that's a difficult one for me because i want to love everything that i used to love and i know probably everyone thinks this but most of the time i never end up loving it as much as i used to love but that's my problem because i'm older so like it's not you know that's not their fault yeah Sometimes though it, it it hits that like that note where you're like oh yeah I remember this feeling yeah, like yeah. I remember like it's, it's fleeting it's never it's quite the same but yeah yeah I know what you mean still chasing it yeah that sleep album yeah it was the sciences yeah yes yeah, yeah. yep yeah I really liked that yep well that was a surprise it came out of nowhere 
I love it when that happens, like a band you used to listen to. And then it's like, well, yeah, that's again, like Ian was saying, that's the way it is nowadays. You just don't know. And like Tim says it every week. It's like we got new releases, and it's like, what? How? (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. So uh, we have to talk about. Speaking of that, uh, it was a bit of a surprise, but Hum was a big band, sort of in our (sighs) yeah. We got to get to that one, and then our community was that was a bit of a surprise. Um, And then um, I guess it's is this the last they'll they'll do now that Brian St. Pierre passed, or is Jason Gherkin, is there potential maybe to give him more? I haven't, yeah. I haven't heard. Well, it sounded like they were moving, not moving. There was sound like they were working on material at least. Yeah. That it wasn't not necessarily with Jason Gherkin, but just that there was other material that hadn't been used on that record, or maybe it was you know written afterwards. Um, I, I would, I think that he's a good, you know, he fits that style. Yeah, where he would make sense. Um, I love that record. I still listen to it. It's never left my iPhone. It just stays yep. in there. And I, whenever I'm in the car, sometimes I just throw it on. It's such a great, heavy record that yeah. I I have no problem putting it on at any point. Yeah. Um, and that was a shocker. I mean, it sort of came out of like they had just done. I think the Downward Is Heavenward reissue. Mm-hmm. Not too yeah. long before that, you were like, and I was just ecstatic over that. Yeah, we were getting that on on vinyl because the original pressing was like you know one of those ridiculously overpriced things you could never find, and so to get that release was pretty amazing. Um, and then it was like shortly after, it was like, hey, this popped up on Bandcamp, and oh, by the way, guys, we have a new record coming out. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. And then apparently hit number 15 on Billboard Heat Seekers and number 30 on current album sales. So made a little blip commercially that's for being amazing. this obscure. <laughs> um, that's kind of nice. Maybe that'll that, encourage that first them to track, it kid, that album came on my iPod again today. It's literally barely been off my iPod for the, since it came out. Yep. Whenever that first track comes on, it's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's such a good start. So there have been bands that have reunited more than just for one-offs, but, you know, done tours and, or had tours planned and they have, have repeatedly canceled them because of the coronavirus. Um, I'm thinking of like Rage Against the Machine, who I think they've, their tour has been delayed at least twice now yeah. uh, that they're supposed to do with uh, Run the Jewels. Um, the, the Black Crows are out touring. So, of those kind of bands, even Jawbox did a, a nice string of tour dates. Uh, you know, they I actually was supposed to go see them in Chicago and I couldn't make the show even though I had tickets. Are there bands like that where they you can tell that like this isn't just a we're playing a one time reunion show for a festival, but they're sort of back into it. Are there bands like that where you would like to see them put out records or are you happy with? the catalog as it is i'm on on both sides of the fence um like i said there's been quite a few bands that have reunited just for tours so um but uh one would be uh the revolting cox the ministry side project they reunited without al jorgensen but it was chris Connolly, richard 23 from front two four two uh paul barker 
and and they were on tour for Big Sexy Land, and it would be great. I mean, they, they, they've uh, Chris Connolly's been doing Cocksure, and of course, they've all been doing their own individual stuff. But I mean, we'll we'll never see a, a, a Revco album like they did in the '80s and '90s. I mean, Al brought them back, brought back the name in the 2000s, but it was just not for me. And so it's like, okay, yeah, that was a moment. They performed it. It was great, great tour. I enjoyed it, but it's like, you know what? They have their own project and you know what? I still enjoy those projects. So, but uh, on the other hand, um, one banding and see in the background, Knights of Rep, they, they reunited in the mid 2000s, released Industrial Complex, but that was the last release in 2009, 2010. They've got they're touring again right now with the uh, uh, original members. Uh, um, well, it's always been Douglas McCarthy and uh, and, and Bon Harris, but they got uh, uh, David uh, Goodley and um, uh, Simon. I forget the last name. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I guess that'd be was great. That like, did you say it was all of the original members? Or yeah, from uh, that total age. So if I look here, I can quickly get the names here. So are you going to be able to go and see them? Or? Yeah, I saw them in 2019. Okay, yeah, it's uh, Douglas Gooday and uh, Simon uh, Granger. They weren't able to make it in 2019. I saw them then, and they're touring North America next month. I've got okay. tickets, but who knows? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, to see it, so. But, uh, may, may, I mean, I... In 2009, I met uh, Douglas McCarthy and uh, Bon Harris. Managed to get some stuff signed, but uh, it'd be nice to, to get a little more signed. Yeah. I will say um, one band that has frustrated me with their reunion albums is the Pixies, uh, which have been all recorded without Kim Deal being involved. And I feel like that band, whatever magic they had in the nineties has not translated to their two thousands reunion albums. I have tried to give those a listen and it just does not work for me. And it honestly, it's the same thing with all the, I know smashing pumpkins have been reunited for a while, but I have not liked anything that has come out of that band since they have reunited yeah, Billy Corgan seems that. intent on not writing yeah. stuff that yeah. in yeah. any way recalls their heyday. Do you think yeah. it was that, a little bit weird when he like oh. got all the uh, like younger people to like be in the band? I know yeah. you guys mentioned it on the last episode, the part one, but yeah, it was like it was like a grab to like stay relevant. Like, look, I've got young people. Right. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. I'm. I haven't really. I haven't given it much more thought. <laughs> I haven't, I have, let's put it this way. I haven't really given the, put the pumpkins much thought since <laughs> that last episode that we did. Um, like I'll, you know, there'll be a song that'll pop up from a new release. And I think I did review the Seer album, CYR. And it was just so long and self-indulgent. Yeah. And um, a waste to Jimmy Chamberlain as well. Yeah. That's the thing that's so frustrating is that you made all this effort to get Jimmy Chamberlain back in the band. And mm. the most interesting stuff that Jimmy Chamberlain is doing as is with his jazz solos project where he's actually playing drums and <laughs> and yeah. and doing something that doesn't sound like a drum machine. 
Like we were saying it's earlier, been, again, it could have been anyone. There could have been anyone drumming. I don't understand it. I just don't get it at all. I don't, yeah. Well, Smashing Pumpkins, I mean, it's always been Billy Corgan. I mean, there's all the the rumors and speculations about all the stuff in the 90s. It was, it was just him, well, and, and Jimmy Chamberlain. But, I mean, any of the new stuff, it's like, it's yeah, the same I mean, thing. Then talking about like, Jimmy Chamberlain, it's like, he's playing a part. It's like, Billy's like, here's the song. And yeah. Jimmy's like, okay, I got to work around this. He's yeah, not doing a, his thing. Yeah. That's ex- exactly why I think so often these the reunions struggle because like the best stuff was made when it was, you know, four or five people in a room every day working on material versus as you get sort of older and more money and the band becomes about more about one person, like Smashing Pumpkins, and it turns into like, oh, this is my song. I just need you to play on it, which loses all the magic. And yeah, there's not a place for like my performance and who I am. Now I'm like fitting into the box that you made so that I can, still be part of the project and get a check it's like the machine and you got to keep the machine yep. going but like yep. billy corgan surely he knows like he can like he knows how good jim uh, jim chamberlain is and you think like well why like why wouldn't you use him properly like it just it's mind-blowing yeah. i don't i don't know because he's wrote the song for himself yeah yeah it would require that you get in the room and be like well i've got this idea and i'm just gonna let you like interpret it which I don't think he's super interested in doing. Right now. <laughs> no. Like I said, um, they're playing a they're playing a part. It's not collaboration. Yep. Yeah. yeah totally. And yeah. it's 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 too bad because a band like that, where you know, they're a ex- good example of, I, you have to scratch your head and we look at a big picture and like, I don't think they understand like what the what their legacy could have been. Yeah. And every time they you know, continue to try to reinvent it or re- resuscitate it, it fails. And then at they the get end, further like, and further away from it, don't they? Yeah. And so when new fans come into that band, I can't imagine what it, you know, how do you even navigate that catalog to try to figure out, you know, um, you don't, you just do what you're it. told. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, if the copyright date starts with a one, it's good. Listen to that. <laughs> tell them that. <laughs> So what are the what are the big ones that haven't happened yet? Because there's been a lot. I mean, we haven't even mentioned, you know, Juliana Hatfield 3 put out a record. Belly put out a record. Um, there's been so many here and there. Um, Sheila Devine. I mean, there's always like stuff that yeah. uh, smaller bands that are they're coming out here in their crowded house. I mean, but there are still some like big white whales white whales that we want to see happen what are what are those for you guys like what is a band that you're like i need a new record and tour from this artist i i'm not done with them ian 
Uh, for me, uh, uh, Curve. Oh. Huge, huge fan. I, I would love for uh, Dean uh, and Tony to get back together. They left a lot on the table. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, apart from the Stepford Five. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the thing is, you said it on the last episode, and it seems so fantastical, like, like obviously Zeppelin, isn't it? But, I mean, yeah. yeah. That's the what that is the white that's the white whale. That's the it, biggest white whale. At least a plant page collaboration of some kind. I mean, I realize Robert Page I, doesn't want to or can't sing those songs anymore, but like to hear Page them. Page doesn't do anything. Like he's been like in his castle again. Like, what does he do? Like, <laughs> he's reading he Alistair Crowley do. books and and uh <laughs> remixing uh Led Zeppelin four again. Right, yeah, exactly. True. <laughs> yeah. You know, if that's a band I, I know there's not a lot in the archives for that band. They pretty much put it all on record. Um, They didn't spend a lot of time working on material that, or they didn't record a lot of material that didn't get um, actually put out. But I would love to hear some, I would love there to be expanded big releases. Like the way the Prince material, I know the Prince was way more prolific. And, but the stuff that he's, that's been coming out of the Prince camp with all of the, you know, entire albums that got shelved and then, you get like yeah. the the sign of the times box set, which is like you know four hundred songs or something like. This. It's like seven albums of remixes and demos and and all this material, like just massive amounts of stuff. I feel like Zeppelin's due for and a big archival, even if it's just some shows. Like there's got to be because honestly, uh, the song remains the same double album the live album is not their best sounding live material. Um, no, but the, the read, the reissue was really good though. I really, I, I, that was amazing. I thought that the remaster and the deluxe edition of that from like two or three years ago and how okay. the West was one as well. Yes. I think, but I got to believe that there's more stuff like that. Um, I did put it up to Patreon uh, and asked them, Hey, what did you guys want to? What do you guys want to have uh, happen here? Um, and let me see if I can find that amongst uh, Patreon uh, was in love with us and then hated us. Not Patreon, um, Twitter. Excuse me. Twitter was unhappy with us for a little while. You uh, don't need them, man. You're <laughs> <than> <laughs> well, we need them to uh, yeah. spread the word occasionally. You didn't. You didn't mention about the um, Zeppelin live album from uh, two thousand and seven uh, in the first episode. What did you guys think of that? Which one is that? The Army yeah, um, Ertigan one. The the um, Atlantic Records president. I don't know that I've ever heard that one. Was I might have two in London. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've heard the. Um... Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Not great. No. Oh, that was the one that that was. It wasn't old. It was. Yeah, I remember pay, uh, Plant's voice, like not being a hundred percent there. Yeah, well, it wasn't the same, was it? Um, yeah, and Jason Bonham was drumming, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it was still good. But obviously, it just you can't reach those heights again. But yep. Okay, where is that poll that I? Uh, all the people were so excited 
to chime in. There we go. So I put it up. I said, what band that could possibly reunite with original members would you most like to reunite? And these were the options. Catherine Wheel, Oasis, Sunny Day Real Estate, and Fugazi. The winner was Fugazi on our, and it was also Facebook too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fugazi with 37%, Oasis with 30%, Catherine with 27%, and Sunday Real Estate with only 6%, which I was surprised. I thought it was oh, going to be wow. a little bit more even. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, I know but, what you and you and Jay are going to say. Well, for us, it's Catherine Wheel, right, Jay? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, that's, that's kind of, uh, that's my white whale on the top. Uh, I'm a little bit hesitant to say that because I would be concerned that the version we would get back, we wouldn't enjoy <laughs> as much. Uh, but it sure would be fun to, to hear, at least um, hear some live shows or something, you know, even if they don't make new music. Um, my, my other big one is the Cardigans. They haven't done anything since 2005 and it was a really great record and mm-hmm. just an incredibly creative band. Um and I would just love to hear them making music more consistently. Would anybody like to hear uh, Peter Gabriel reunite with Genesis with Mike Rutherford and uh, and uh, Phil Collins? And although I don't know health wise, I don't know how well Phil yeah. Collins is doing. I have to say yeah. this: he can't drum. <laughs> yeah, he can't. Yeah. It's a little depressing to watch those. I've watched a couple of video clips of them performing now, and it's. I don't know. Yeah, you watched them on YouTube as well. Yeah, I watched them a couple of weeks ago, and it's like pretty sad to see. It's a it's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. Though it'd be interesting to see them all together, but it's never going to happen. Yep. Yeah, I don't I don't blame them for doing it. It's just I feel it's a bit sad to see, but like, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock him for doing it. A uh, a classic Faith No More reunion would be fun. I don't. Apparently, that'll never happen. But um, yeah, well, they had shows booked this year, didn't they? But they had to pull out because yeah. uh, Mike Patton had some health issues. Yeah, yeah. That and is that when was the last album by Faith No More? Sol Invictus, I think in two thousand and sixteen, maybe seventeen. Okay, earlier fifteen. So that's within our that's within our range. I don't remember that album at all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't either. I don't. Um, another band that I've enjoyed the records, but I don't think it's followed up in terms of their prime material is Ride. Um, like good records, but they're not going blank again. Um again (laughs) so that'd be funny if they named the album going blank again again like who would put again again after the uh as the title of their project it would have to be dot 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 again though wouldn't (laughs) so i've i've liked those records but they haven't hit the hit it out of the park the way they, they did which is you know that's a band that's of such a time and place it's hard to recapture what they were doing when they were so young um the the last Bruce Springsteen album with the E Street band, was there a long break between E Street brand records, Jay? Was was he all just doing just yes. solo material in the two thousands? 
Yeah, that was the first one he's done with the Beastie Band in a while. I think since maybe The Rising. It'd been a while. Because that I, honestly is the best Springsteen record yes. I've heard in two decades at least. It's fantastic. I, I love every song on that. And I'm not a, I mean, I'm I'm a Springsteen fan, but I'm not like a super fan or anything. But like uh, that and the documentary they made for it are just outstanding to see what we talked about. They did what I think we want bands to do. Like they're Bruce's songs, but he la- lets that band interpret them and actually perform together. Right. It takes advantage of everybody's talent. And if you watch the documentary, you kind of see how that works. You know, they all meet up at a recording studio and actually pr- work through the songs as a collaborative effort. Um, they don't mail around files or, you know, he's got basic, you know, you see him walk in, he's like, okay, this is what I'm thinking, how the song goes. And then you see him like kind of turn it over to the band and let them figure out what to do with it, which is. But, but he's used to that because he's written songs for other people as well. So yeah. he, he, yeah. he knows what it's like to have other people interpret his songs. Yes. And that's what I think where we want so many of these other bands, to get, like a Billy Corgan to get to, like get to that point where you like realize yeah, I've got, I can write a great song, but boy, is it even better when I let these other people take control of their, you know, performance and let, let them interpret it. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe in 20 more years, we'll get that from Billy Corgan. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if he's ever going to be capable of, I mean, he did work with Courtney Love on that one record, uh, the one whole record, but yeah. It seems like the the amount of involvement has has ebbed and you know shrunk and increased over the years, depending on who you talk to. Yep. Like, oh, he just kind of helped write some riffs, and then, oh no, he wrote the record, and it's like, no, he didn't write the record. Um, well, even like the thing is that that's not under Smashing Pumpkins or Zwan or Billy Corgan. That's someone established band, right? That's a difference. <laughs> And that's largely what we are, need to get out of Guns N' Roses. Like you have to see, like, can they, can Axel, you know, on new material, bring an idea or take an idea from somebody else and allow everybody to do their thing, which I think uh, Chinese democracy proved he was not willing to do that and why the band ended um, and why that album sounds the way it does. So we'll be watching to see how that works out. Uh, one band that I wanted to mention, I'm sure we talked about them on the previous episode. Sleater Kenny, uh, oh, yeah. no cities to love yeah. came out just before we recorded that previous episode. Good record. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they were on hi- not hiatus, but you know, Carrie Brownstein was busy doing Portlandia and the center won't hold came out in 2019. That's a very divisive record because of, St. Vincent's production involvement on that. Uh, they left sub pop and doesn't sound like anything else in their catalog. And then last year, or actually earlier this year, uh, path of wellness came out, which kind of returned to the more traditional Sleater Kinney sound. And I kind of like that center won't hold record just because it's different. Um, yeah, but I think that that's an interesting, you know, we talk about bands and, and recapturing their sound, but here's a band that had a pretty distinctive sound. And then after they reunited, took a chance and went in a completely different direction. 
And I'm not saying if Catherine Wheel got gets back together, I want to make a trap record or anything like that. But <laughs> I'm not expecting Catherine Wheel to remake Ferment. Is, yeah, you know. Um, and luckily, that's a band that never really stuck to one sound. Anyways, they were, you know, the difference between Wishville and Adam and Eve and Happy Days and Ferment and Chrome is pretty. Ferment and Chrome are really the only two that have any similarity. All those yeah. records are wildly different Devin, to us. You have to, prom- you have to promise if they don't make a Ferment, you won't complain, though. If they made Adam and Eve Part Two, I'd be ecstatic. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, or, if, or, or, or Wishville Part Two would be fun with me too. Right. Or if or if Rob's like, I'm gonna invite Bruce, my uncle Bruce, and we're gonna make a metal record. Uh, okay, <laughs> Happy Days. Uh, you know, give me some more Way Down and uh, and uh, Little Muscle and and those record and those songs. That's the thing about that band. Like, unless they came and made like a Goo Goo Dolls album. <laughs> A bad Goo Goo Dolls album. You, I can't imagine what they would do wrong. Well, it was just boring. Yes, I think what they could do wrong is what to me what doesn't connect with like the Afghan Wigs new version of that band, which is like I have to hear the contribution of Brian Futter. Like I have to hear him really like being a part of the songs. I think for it to work. Yeah. Um, if it ends up being like a Rob Dickinson solo record that like Brian Futter plays guitar on that's not what I want. And it's sort of the same thing with the wigs. Like I, I need to hear the Rick McCollum part. Like I, that's just to me what the wigs is. And if I don't hear that, then it's not the wigs. So uh, I would say for Catherine wheel to make it work. That's, that's what's critical for me. You and I, I disagree slightly on that. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Ian. Yeah. I was going to say, but that's the biggest problem with any bands coming back and doing new stuff. It's like all this old material is ingrained in our consciousness and the default is always going to be compare 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 and yep. not just from the fan point but also from the labels and stuff because the music industry has completely changed from 2021 to what was in the 90s and it's like the dollars aren't there and there's no guarantee that the fans who are in their 40s and 50s are going to even pay attention nor are they going to pick up any new fans yep so it's, it's, it's true. It's, it's, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. The band, labels aren't going to say, oh, here, put out this record. I mean, surprisingly, Geffen's doing it for Guns N' Roses, but it, it's so hard to do that. Yeah, well, I think the only way that's happening is that Guns N' Roses can still feel, fill stadiums. Yeah. And if it was anybody else, it, it, they would not be getting that sort of courtesy. Because the bands they're that can in, still pull off the, the big tours. They're in like a group of like five bands probably though, uh, if that. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, like I was thinking about like ACDC, you know, they put out a, a record every five or six years now, um, but they can pack a stadium. Yeah. You know, people want to see that. So the the record is almost immaterial. But then like I looked at what they did with, with power up where they did this like one version that had like a, a light in the box and there was this whole, and you know, like some small band is not going to get that sort of material. They're not going to get the, the A and D or in our department to, uh, to work on that and have all this promotional money put into an, a very high end release. Um, well, they're a good example though of, um, like, 
then to me making new records even if it's you know you don't have to put out a new one every year like at least every like five years tells me like you care like you actually have some passion so when i hear artists start to complain about well nobody buys records no it's like yeah but like if you're not making new music then you're basically telling me you're doing this to cash a check and like i as a human being i'm disconnecting (laughs) i'm like how much am i going to invest my time and money into you know, something you clearly are only doing because you want to get paid. Like at right. least putting a record out tells me you have some create creative integrity. You have some passion to make music. You like making music. <laughs> like even oh, if so it's the opposite of cool. Great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's why I have so much respect for Robert Pollard because not only Robert Pollard give you music, he gives you like three albums a year and one of them is going to be a double album and he's going to do a side project album yeah. Uh, with the same band, but just call it something else. And he's going to put out uh, an album and an EP. And, and so you're going to get like probably 200 to 250 songs a year just from Bob Pollard uh, under some name. Yeah. Uh, so, and he's going to break up Guided by Voices and then get them back together. And, you know, there's never going to be a, a, a moment you're not going to be <laughs> have, a, have a Robert Pollard song. Uh, ready to go for you. Um, all right. Any any bands or uh, releases we haven't mentioned that you guys want to talk about? Um, some honorable mentions. Baby Chaos was a band we reviewed that oh, yeah. made a new record. Just I think it was in 2015, so we might have talked about it last time. The Jayhawks, you know, classic lineup, has put out a couple records. Um, mm-hmm. Even Hot Snakes put out a new record in 2018 that was really good. Um, Giant's Chair, which is a band I didn't even hear know about in the nineties, but when their new release came out, I was like, Oh, this is really cool. And then I realized that uh, it was actually a reunion album of a right. band that I had never even known. Yeah. Um, and we've since gone back and listened to their first record. Uh, Ultimate fake book. Um, mm-hmm. We mentioned quicksand. So, you know, there's some others out there that are, uh, you know, solid releases and, you know, a little bit unexpected. The new quicksand album from like this year is better than the, um, the first one from like 2017, 18. Mm. Yeah. It seems like there's been some, uh, a little bit of backlash against like the quicksand, not sounding like what quicksand, I mean, they're a three piece now, right? Weren't they a four piece in the nineties? Yeah. So that makes a little bit of a difference. Did you say backlash on discord? Surely not. No, it's all good on discord. Um, Giants chair. That's a good call out, Jay. Because uh, not long after I think that new record came out, we actually got to go back and listen to uh, one of the old records for an episode. Yep. So, and discovered the 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 big Kansas City scene that we didn't know about with them and Season to Risk and Shiner and Molly McGuire and all those bands that uh, were all from the same yeah area. Like we knew, knew a couple of those bands, but it seems like uh, we're getting we're all sharing drummers as well. By the <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah, lots of drum swapping going on there. I mean, drums are, are hard to find. So th- that is true. <laughs> good ones, at least. Right. No, there's a lot of bad drummers. Yeah, it's right, fine. Right. It's finding the good drummers is is the hard part. All right. Well, maybe in five or six years we'll do this again, and we'll be talking about a, a Catherine Wheel record that disappointed us, <laughs> or uh, an unexpected Fugazi uh, album that we uh, never saw coming. That dropped by uh, by Discord randomly some Friday. I doubt it, but uh, 
you know, things things happen. Maybe we maybe we'll be talking about an REM reunion. I don't think so. Oh wow, yeah. But uh, oh. Michael Stipe has been pretty adamant about they're not reuniting. Yeah. Well, one of the members, the drummer, I think, passed away. Did he a couple of years ago? No, no. Bill Berry's still alive. Oh, okay, I thought he. Okay, I might be thinking of another band. Yeah, they're all still kicking. Um, that's probably the biggest, right? Of of all the bands that could reunite, they're in the nineties centric that would be the biggest one right probably can't think of anybody bigger i mean unless i mean it doesn't count but if brandy carlisle starts front and Soundgarden, oh well uh i think that fell on the is that even Soundgarden then right well that's hey i mean what do we what if they had a whole second act like brian johnson and acdc i i would not uh I would not push back on that. I think that would be a, right. Yeah, I'm not. Incredible. We don't want to get shut down. His his wife might have something to say about that. <laughs> That's true. Well, they the, settled though. I think didn't they? Well, they That's settled over the social media accounts. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I just like all that. Like that's not what he would want, is it? Yeah. It's just no. human beings being stupid again. Yeah, I feel like uh, if you want to take that out on the road and do some shows, that's fine in honor yeah. of uh, Chris, but. If you're gonna do a new release, uh, call it something. Call it New Dragons. Yeah. Obviously, from what I I don't know him personally, but I'm like a huge fan, and from what I, he appears to be like, he would be like horrified about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I I kind of agree. That was his band, not like his ownership, but that's he's so his voice is so connected to that band. I can't yeah. imagine. Uh, yeah. Yeah, imagine any of us. Yeah, they can't get away with it like Stone Temple Pilots could. Right. It's pretty clear that they're just going to put anybody up there to sing whenever they can. Well, that's a good reminder. I actually like that new STP album. I know a few guys on Discord did too. Yeah, worked well for some people, others not so yeah. much. Going to be some detractors, isn't there? But you know, always like there's always people who are who are not always. Uh, is as excited as uh you'd like them to be but if uh if our listeners who are who are checking this episode out have uh some maybe some lesser known reunions that uh maybe slipped under our radar and you want to mention them uh social media is a good place facebook twitter also you could join us over at uh patreon and and join our discord it's over at dmounion.com and digmeoutunion.com. That's where you do it. Gentlemen, thank you for spending some of your Saturday afternoon or evening, depending on your time zone, with us. Glad we got to do this part two. No problem. Yeah, it's fun. No problem. Thank you. Uh, they, said, they, they said never meet your heroes, but you guys seem pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We just, we just met our hero. In 11 years, I've been hearing your voices, and it's just it's crazy. <laughs> I met the legend of Discord, Waterman. <laughs> yes. That's, uh, you're, that's like the, a... You're like the spirit of the podcast. There it you might go. only be a small thing, but like when you've been hearing like your, like someone's voice for that long, and you've like made an impact in someone's life, then I think it should be like recognized, to be honest. So, um, yeah, thanks. 
I just well, need to get him on a podcast with Gavin Reed. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Well, we got to figure out how we can line up those time zones because yeah. I'm honestly, I don't know how to do like, it. It'll probably end up being in the middle of the night for us. I know Being how to do it. I, I don't know. We, we, we got to save up for a trip to Australia. <laughs> yes. We need, we need to have a um, a, our own con in Australia. DMO I am con. terrified of Australia. There are just giant <laughs> spiders and snakes everywhere. We have we, we know enough people now. They'll protect us. They'll show. Us I the hope way. so. They'll tell us what rocks not to pull, pick up, or you know. I feel like I need a hazmat suit if I'm going to go there. That's like <laughs> bite proof. And sunscreen. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you, Rich. Thank you, Ian. Yep. Seriously, this was great. Um, want to remind folks who are listening that, uh, as I mentioned, Patreon is where you go. It's where you get to vote in the polls, help us pick these episodes. And uh, we have polls every month up for albums that have been suggested over at digmeoutpodcast.com. It's where our suggest an album form is form i used the correct term this week jay and it's where uh you can also go to read the box newsletter which is sent to you every week new releases uh every week two of them books movies and most importantly music from 80s and 90s artists releasing new stuff and uh, a calendar of what's out each week and last if you like what you heard apple podcasts is where you go So for Jay, I'm Tim. We're out. We'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out.